Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Please do subscribe and give us a rating, and you can get in touch on social media using the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. COVID-19 and ethnicity, is there a connection? There does appear to be an increased risk in certain ethnic minority groups. Now, further research is required to understand what that increased risk is and why is it there. We speak to infectious disease physician Dr Manish Parikh and activist Dr Shola Moshogbamimu as Labour announces a review while the government's investigation is ongoing. Also... These are incredible people doing an incredible job. They're volunteering. Cyclists are volunteering to go and deliver the food. It's an amazing project. It's only going to get worse. Olivia Coleman's joined the Evening Standard's Food for London Now campaign, which has made an astonishing £3 million. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the two reviews into why coronavirus appears to be hitting the UK's BAME population hardest. It's thought around 34% of people with COVID-19 in the UK come from a black, Asian or ethnic minority background. Those are communities that make up 14% of the population in England and Wales. The government's already announced it's investigating why. Now Labour's launching a rival review headed by Baroness Doreen Lawrence. Meanwhile, doctors have also been looking into it, and I'm joined now by infectious disease physician Manish Parikh. Dr Parikh, I understand that one of the difficulties in looking at this is that until recently, no one's actually been recording the ethnic backgrounds of COVID-19 victims. That's right. So we've been concerned at a clinical level in seeing uh, different ethnic minorities uh, presenting to hospital with COVID-19, often with quite severe disease, but also the reports in the press and in the media generally about healthcare workers and uh, black and minority ethnic groups um, having seemingly a higher death rate. So we tried to understand what were the actual what was the actual data out there. So we've looked in terms of surveillance data and also published literature, and there is very little at the moment, uh, which is looking at ethnicity and COVID. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. Because of the lack of data, we can't be clear what the relationship is yet. And yet, 
there does appear to be one. In terms of the, the, the published literature, um, both um, in terms of the um, publications, but also surveillance databases, certainly from the US and possibly also from the UK, because they've started to report that in the last few days, there does appear to be an increased risk in certain ethnic minority groups. Now, I don't want to alarm, and that's important for everyone to realize, that, that further research is required to understand what that increased risk is and why is it there. But there does appear to be that certain ethnic groups are at a slightly increased risk of having um, adverse outcomes. And I guess the more serious concern, or certainly the press, is the healthcare workers who seem to be disproportionately from black and minority ethnic groups. Which then begs the question, why? So I, I suspect that this is a, a multi-dimensional and multifactorial thing. Um, there is, if we consider people getting infected, firstly, if you're your risk of getting infection is likely to be a, a mixture of your environment, your genetics, but also who you live with and how you socialize. And all of those things may well differ between ethnic minorities and the, uh, the white Caucasian population. But then if you do get COVID-19, the second question is, if you're infected, are you at higher risk of getting more severe disease and sadly also dying? And that I think then also needs to, we need to think about uh, comorbidity. So by that I mean diabetes mellitus, hypertension, other conditions which would make you at higher risk of having poorer outcomes. Per se, we don't yet know that. And I think what that really requires is first data to be collected on all of those factors, but also then to try and understand which of those factors is key in, in, in driving the more serious adverse outcomes. Now, the government's tasked NHS England with looking at the issue, which the chief medical officer says is absolutely critical. Labour say their review is different because they're talking to representative groups. The lawyer and activist Dr Shola Malshogbamimu is with me over Skype. Do we really need two investigations? Absolutely, yes. Um, look, I'm not going to mince my words. I'm glad that the review is being done, but I have zero confidence in the government that gave us the hostile environment, gave us the Windrush scandal, and the government that weaponized Brexit against immigrants, black, Asian, and ethnic minorities to do the right thing by any formal review into the high death toll of black, Asians, and ethnic minorities from coronavirus. In fact, I believe it was um, Dominic Rabb in one of his press briefings that said, well, you know, um, COVID-19 does not discriminate. And if that's the starting point, uh, if he does not understand that there's a discriminatory impact of COVID-19, and that's the underlying basis of their formal review, I am glad the Labour Party is undertaking its own review. It's absolutely important for there to be um, checks and balances in this. There's, it's important for there to be transparency and accountability. So we have these two reviews ongoing and we know that doctors are looking at this issue as well. Why do you think Bane communities are being so badly hit by this virus? The long-standing structural inequalities faced by Black, Asian and ethnic minority groups um, directly exacerbates their exposure to this virus. So you, you're not getting the virus, for instance, from, um, from your culture. You're not getting the virus from 
what are, whatever other physiological, biological reasons people want to put out there or say that, you know, some people are actually saying that, oh, people from the BAME communities are not fit. They don't eat healthy. That is not why people are getting the virus. They get the virus from exposure to it. And what the pandemic, I, I think, has effectively done is to magnify um, longstanding structural inequalities that we've been talking about for zillion years. We've been saying, look, this is a problem. And um, when you then put that in the context of the high number of Black, Asian, ethnic minority deaths, it shows you that essentially a lot of the key essential work being done in the United Kingdom are underpinned and serviced by Black, Asian, and ethnic minorities, whether it's food, transport, healthcare, social care. These are the people who are going out there on the front line, who are not, you know, being protected. They're being exposed to the virus. You know, socioeconomic disadvantages, you know, what it basically does is it places ethnic minorities at a higher likelihood of poverty, higher likelihood of um, what you would call it, temporary jobs, insecure jobs, um, and low paid jobs. Okay, all of which, all of these things contribute to health inequality. So we have these reviews going on. They'll eventually release their findings. But does something need to be done right now? Without a doubt, immediately, while they're trying to understand what is going on, this lack of PPE is, is not only disastrous for everyone um, on the front line, but clearly it's most disastrous for those for the BAME community. All the, all the people that are out there working on the front line, many of them are genuinely scared. They don't, I mean, they, I, I, they are selfless in sacrificing and risking their lives, but we cannot put them on the front line without giving them a chance to survive. Next, the group that we are funding the Felix Project, not currently supplying 100,000 meals a day. Investigations editor David Cohen on new figures showing the scale of food poverty in London. Actor Olivia Coleman has been helping prepare meals for the needy with the Felix Foundation. The charity is a partner with the Evening Standards Food for London Now campaign, addressing the food poverty issue caused by coronavirus. We came to um, Made in Hackney and they've diversified. They do cookery lessons normally for um, people who you know, are learning about living on their own or going, sort of children who've been in care, all sorts of people, community kitchen. Um, and now they are cooking all of these um, meals. They do 500 a day for people in the local community who are isolating or vulnerable or lonely. These are incredible people doing an incredible job. The appeal has now passed the three million pounds milestone thanks to many of our readers and listeners. Our editorial column says thank you. It's a remarkable achievement and a tribute to all those involved in what has become a huge logistical exercise, masterminded by our appeal partner, the Felix Project, as well as charities and schools. The benefits for the vulnerable recipients of the food are obvious at a time when the confining requirements of the lockdown, combined with financial hardship, are making it harder than ever for some Londoners to obtain the nourishment they need. However, there's still a need for much more. This country's battle against COVID-19 is a long way from being won. 
and the stresses and strains that it's producing seem likely to increase, not diminish. It's great that Londoners have been so kind so far, but let's keep the donations flowing, please. The Evening Standards Investigations editor David Cohen's running the campaign and is with me over the phone. David, £3 million is an incredible amount of money. Yes, on any normal day, that would be a very significant milestone and one that we would celebrate because we've reached it in less than one month. But David, today it is one tempered with very sobering reports that we are just at the beginning of an escalating food poverty crisis across the capital. And so it is both a good thing that we've we've got there and that we're doing this, but it's very notable that um, large organisations, readers of the standard, philanthropists, companies across the capital are looking to fund our appeal because the group that we are funding, the Felix Project, they've scaled up and responded very quickly, um, quadrupling their supply of fresh surplus food to vulnerable Londoners and are currently supplying 100,000 meals a day. And um, Barclays Bank, we are the first recipient um, from their COVID-19 £100 million community aid fund. Today we report that they have given us £250,000. That took us over the line to three million. That figure, though, that you've just said, 100,000 meals a day being prepared, I mean, that really just shows the scale of the problem we have here. Absolutely. And um, that involves distribution to about 80 charities and to about 10 community hubs that have been set up by London boroughs. And those community hubs are set to grow and expand still. So we're still not nearly at capacity. So it is quite extraordinary. Once all the boroughs get up and running, some of them have been quicker and faster than others. Um, But, for example, we delivered something like eight tonnes to the Tottenham Stadium in Haringey. Some boroughs have only had half a tonne or one tonne, and some boroughs are still getting up and running. So it gives you a sense, David, of the scale of what is being attempted by this incredibly well-run quite light on their feet charity the felix project and the appeal goes on doesn't it david we're still looking for people to donate the problem is not going away and now we've had backing from numerous churches and religions yes so various faith leaders have backed us we've got the chief rabbi the imam from finsbury park who was um so notable in in his uh, work during the terrorist crisis and we've got the bishop of london Dame Sarah Mulally, all coming behind our appeal, as have Keir Starmer, Boris Johnson and Sadiq Khan. You can donate to the appeal at virginmoneygiving.com forward slash fund forward slash food for London now. The address is also in the show notes. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.